Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because He loves you so much. Hey, we're starting a new series called Timeless Truth, and I get to share with you about wisdom and why they chose me to do this. I'm clueless, but I'm going to do my best because honestly, I don't know that I'm going to talk about anything that you've not already heard about. I think everything I'm going to say is just basically a good reminder, especially in the times that we live in. This guy right here, uh, you might have figured out already that that was me 53 years ago. Having graduated at 18 from high school, I had my act together like all 18-year-olds do. They have it together. (laughs) Did I not know that I was dumber than a doorknob? I had no clue. I was so excited about going to college. You know, I had the traditions and the teaching and the training of my grandma and grandpa on the Meisenheimer side. I had all the stuff that they gave me, which led to my infinite wisdom. The stuff that my mom and dad didn't give me, they just taught me how to be dysfunctional. Uh, They had that going for me. I went to church, and going to church back then, the church that I went to was so much different than this church, thank God, because it was so full of rules and regulations. And I learned more about the devil and what you can't do and and I didn't hardly know anything about Jesus. I always heard about what you can't do. And, and fear was kind of a motive behind it. And, and it was really kind of weird because when I joined the youth group in the eighth grade, I had to sign this covenant. And it had about 20 things on this list that I signed that said I wouldn't do. Because if you can control the flesh on the outside then the inside will be okay. I guess that was their thoughts. Anyway, there was stuff like I couldn't play cards. I couldn't go to the movies. I couldn't go dancing. And the one I hated the most was I couldn't kiss girls. (laughs) What's with that? And I was so wise, I signed that thing. And so every Sunday night, we always had services, and every Sunday night, I'm up at the altar at the end of the service, dear God, forgive me. I'm so sorry that I played cards this week, and I went dancing, and I even saw a movie. And then, you know, the last one I had to apologize about because it was my favorite. Uh, So I had that in my background, and that lent to my wisdom, and then I went to Bible college. And so Bible college was teaching me about the mechanics of how to do church. Basically, uh, what I am doing right now and the way I'm dressed, I would have got an F. Because my shirt's not tucked in, it wasn't white, and I did not have a solid tie on and a jacket. That's the way you did church. If you're going to be the preacher, you got to dress it. Because it all you got to look good. You get with me? You got to look good. It's all about the outside. You got to look good. Got to look good. And then they tried to teach me about rhythm. (laughs) 
This white boy doesn't have rhythm. So it was like another F. And one of the things that was really crazy because where I grew up was in North Carolina and basically all summer long you ran in barefoot and wore shorts. And I went to school and I had two pairs of jeans. I didn't realize that you couldn't wear jeans in college, especially Bible college. You had to have dress slacks. So I had to go to the office right off the bat. They had to make an exception for me to attend classes until I could find a pair of dress slacks to wear. Great introduction. But man, my wisdom was growing like crazy. And then in 1971, I got married to the most wonderful girl, the wisest thing, wisest choice ever made was marrying Eloise. Uh, God knew exactly who I needed in my life. And uh, so my wisdom amplified quite a bit. But we, were, we were married for nine years, had two kids. And then this little church in Montrose, Colorado opened up. Uh, and we moved here in September of 1980 and took over this church, basically restarted it. And uh, it was an interesting experience, at least to say. Because I had been in ministry nine years, used to doing church and doing it a different way, and came here and it was different. They didn't like anything I said, they didn't like anything I did. And they would come to me with questions that I didn't even know that that was a question that you could ask. And so it was beyond, it was beyond my comprehension to be able to, to answer this. So something had to change in Ken Lentz because all the knowledge that I had acquired and all the wisdom I'd acquired from the folks, from school, from church, isn't cutting it. it it's, this is something new and it's beyond me. So I had remembered... A verse in James said something like, uh, if, you're, if you're ever lacking wisdom, do you remember this? Do you, have you ever heard of it? If you're ever lacking wisdom, what do you do? Ask. It'll be given to you without reservation, without rebuke. He'll just pour it out. I was begging. Just begging. Saying, God, I... If you, you brought me here, you got to help me because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to answer this stuff. I don't know, I don't know how to, to manage this. And so I chose to bury myself in the Bible. And I, I mean, I'm, 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 looking for, I'm looking for wisdom. I'm desperately wanting wisdom because the wisdom of man is not working. The wisdom of family is not working. The wisdom of church is not working. The wisdom of college is not working. God, I got to have your wisdom. And so from that point on, I have absolutely relied on the wisdom of God as it's revealed in Scripture. And that's what I want to talk to us about a little bit. I just want to just remind us of how desperately we need wisdom. And listen, um, with the way things are unfolding in 2022, all of us need wisdom because we're, we're encountering stuff that we've never heard of before. 
We're, we're looking at transitions in government, transitions in around the world, transitions in communities, transitions in schools that are mind-boggling, and we need the wisdom of God. Correct? We've got to bury ourselves in God and ask for his wisdom. If I remember correctly, the four gospels record Jesus saying, I don't do anything unless my dad tells me to do it. Is that correct? It's about time that you and I suck it up and that's what we start doing. We, start, we need to quit relying on all this knowledge of man, church, and culture and everything and go, God, I need your wisdom desperately. I cannot go another day without your direction telling me how to live and how to, how to live life. You know, I, I had a conversation with my son the other day. He's got four kids. And I said, I'm so glad I'm not in your shoes in these days because raising family in this time is totally different than the way I raised you. And the way I grew up was totally different. Life, I've seen it now, change considerably. I don't like it. We need wisdom. These young families, they need wisdom, don't you? Need wisdom. So um, let's look at James chapter 3, 13 through 18. It's a powerful scripture. Now let's read it together on the screen. Do you want to be counted wise? How many of you want to be counted wise? Okay, here we go. To build a reputation for wisdom, here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish plotting. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up in others' throats. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It's gentle, reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings. Not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. See, that scripture is telling us how to live, how to make wise choices. Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter one, verses one through seven. The Proverbs was Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction is to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear, listen to this, a wise person will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a mystery, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise what? Wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
And when we put God's knowledge into action, that's wisdom. It's just simply wisdom. I want to show you a video clip. And I just want you to uh, just observe and see if you see any kind of unwise choices or decisions that some of the older and the younger are making in this. Let's watch it. I'm still hurting from the first time I saw that one. My favorite is the kid in the box going down the stairs. And you know, as much as they thought that through, did you see the stairs were lined with cardboard so it'd be smooth? He's, in, he's even got a helmet on his head. And as much as they thought it through, guess what? It's great. How many of you have ever done anything like this? Any, any of those kind of things. You, you thought this was going to work. And then when you're in the hospital, you go, that didn't work. One of them, probably one of the dumbest things I ever did is I just needed to get up a little bit higher than I could reach. So instead of getting a ladder, you start stacking things, things you probably shouldn't stack. And then you attempt to get on top of that and you're wondering why. It's not intelligent. Not intelligent at all. There's a story in scripture, and it's about a young guy who asked Jesus a question. And this is what I want to read. Let's go ahead and put it up. It says, a certain ruler asked him, asked Jesus, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that's God. And you know the commandments. Eh, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And he said, the young man said, all these things I have kept from my youth. That was an exceptional young man to do that. Obviously, he never saw the covenant I had to sign because there's no way. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. 
sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And what happens? When the young man heard this, he became very what? Sorrowful because he was, go ahead and say it, it's okay. Because he was rich. It's not a bad word. Listen, that was his issue. His money was his issue. How many times have you and I asked Jesus Christ for direction? He spoke it to us. He gave it to us. He confirmed it one way or the other. And we go, nah. I don't want to do that. I can't do that. Had nothing to do with money because most of us don't have a lot of money. So it had to be something about our lifestyle that we don't want to give up. And it's really interesting to me in this story that Jesus knew exactly what this young man needed. What needed to happen. He had been keeping all this other stuff, but there was one thing that he needed to sacrifice. And Jesus said, would you come and follow me? And he said, no. And you know what happens? You never hear about this guy again. He just kind of disappears. You and I are just like that kid. There's a lot of things we do right, but then when we come to Jesus and we ask him about something, he gives us an answer. He gives us a word of wisdom that's going to change our lives. We're not able to adapt just like that young man. He could not adjust his lifestyle because he liked his lifestyle. Why in the world did we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior if we're not going to follow him? What was the purpose in accepting Jesus Christ? It was to change our lifestyle. Hello? Don't be getting quiet on me. So Jesus knows you pretty well, individually, every one of us. That in itself is uncomfortable. So when we ask for wisdom, we ask for direction, and Jesus gives it to us, the Holy Spirit leads us to, to the answer, she reveals it in the word. However it's brought to your attention that this is the direction you go, Jesus is saying, will you follow me? Will you take this word of wisdom I've given you and follow me? And are we able to adjust? What keeps us from adjusting? Do we like what we're doing so much that we cannot say, okay, Jesus, I'll give this up and I'll follow you. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to change the way I think about myself. I'm willing to change about the way I think about others. See, wisdom is powerful. And I'm afraid that the church, including us, has made it somewhat of a cliche that we just like to repeat and sound off and it sounds good. If any man lacks wisdom, just ask and it'll be given to you. Ba-bom. Now I'm wise. I'm back to being 18 years old again, dumber than a doornail. It doesn't work that way. It's a process. It's an acceptance on our part to say, yes, I will be, I will change and adjust my lifestyle. Which leads me to two important things that if you don't get anything else out of what we do this morning, please grab a hold of this. When we ask for wisdom and it comes, you can't stay where you are and go with God. 
Kiss, they were your. When you accept his wisdom, that means you move with him, you follow him. You're willing to make an adjustment and you follow him. The second one is, is when God reveals himself through a word of wisdom, it will always cause a crisis of belief. All right, that's what I mean here is this. When you can learn to trust the character and the nature of God, then you can trust God in all your circumstances. So that when God gives you the answer that you want, you can trust him with it. Because you know his nature, you know his character, you know the fact that he loved you so much that he gave his son for you. It causes a crisis within us because it's like, with this guy, it causes a serious crisis with him. I, I can't give up all my wealth and give it away. I'll be without anything and follow you. So I'm going to hold on to my money and I'm going to go my direction. Which is like disappearing act. Is that what we want? I, I don't think so. I think you're here today because you want to follow Jesus Christ. Is that correct? How many of us need wisdom? All of us need wisdom. We really do. So when this crisis of belief comes, where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to make that adjustment and adapt yourself to his instruction and follow him in his ways? Or are you still going to trust grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, the church, Bible college, where else you got your education? See, somewhere along the line, we got to buy in like Jesus did. And I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. I don't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. How many of you have been wrapped up in a decision lately about buying a piece of property or buying a home or a vehicle or another large piece of, something that requires some thought? Any, any of us? And how many of you have made decisions and choices that you didn't have peace about it, but you went ahead and did it anyway? And what was the consequences? I have done that so many times. Finally to the point where it's like, I don't like living this way. I am sick to death of making choices and they're bummers. And you know, the whole time I wasn't aware that the Holy Spirit was tugging at my heart saying, don't do that. See, I, didn't have, I wasn't making a wise choice by following that little piece. So today, Eloise and I don't make decisions and choices, purchases, etc. If we have a disagreement in our heart, we don't, we're not at peace about it. And I've tried to implant that in my kids, and now I'm trying to teach that to my grandkids. Don't do that. It'll cause you to mess up, and you won't like it. Well, guess what? I got one kid. The only way that they learn is by doing it the hard way. And of course, there's nobody in this room that does it that way. Because we're all good learners, correct? 
We've never done anything the hard way. I'm trying to make it easy on us. Quit doing it the hard way. Have peace on the inside of your life. One of the things I love about my wife, and we open kind of with uh, Proverbs 1. We're going to close with the Proverbs 31. She's that Proverbs 31 woman. It talks about how she's got this wisdom and the things that she does. And one of the things I love about her is that every house that we purchase, she makes it into a home. And it's a home with sanctuary for me. And I I love it because I can come to church and I can put in a full day, come home, kick back. It is so nice to be able to relax in a clean home, a comfortable home. People come over, they're comfortable, they're they're welcome, their hospitality she pours out, it's just that Psalms 31 stuff. Because she has chosen to be a wise woman and I get to reap the benefits. And the girl even knows how to cook, which is awesome. Um, sometimes. But let me, let me interpret what I just said. When we allow wisdom to rule in our lives, it redecorates this sanctuary. It redecorates our lives. It, it, when we let wisdom rule the things on the walls in our lives, it, it, it extols God. It, it, it brings peace. The, the furniture is warm and comfortable. Everything in us is at peace when wisdom rules. So no matter what my circumstances, events are, no matter what's going on in the world around me that's full of chaos, you know, I can have inner peace because I know who's ruling my life and it's not me and my wisdom. It's the wisdom of God. And I love that peace. I love that rest that I have. Some of you are going through some turmoil you're at a crossroads in your life and you're trying to figure some things out. Not everybody in this room is like that, but there's some of us. Jeremiah says this, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. How many of us need rest for our soul? Well, you know, even if you've been a believer a long time like me, I still need rest for my soul. I need rest for my soul. I want us to walk in wisdom. I want us to accept the challenges before us and let let wisdom redecorate our lives so that we're not talking out of ethereal philosophies that we've learned from others or from family or church, we're talking with the wisdom of God from his word because we're embracing it and we're, we're adjusting, we're adapting to it. We're making changes. It's no longer a crisis of belief. I welcome this change because I want to be a wise person in the name of Jesus. I want to do something a little bit different. Um, All you folks who have kids at home right now, would you stand? You got kids at home, stand real quick. Wow, there's a ton of you. (laughs) 
guess what? You outnumbered those who are sitting down. It's the way it was first service. The reason I'm doing this is because all of us who have raised kids, you've, got, you've raised your families, I want you to pinpoint some of these families who are standing up. I want you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to go pray for, for these young couples. Because the way they're having to raise their families today, they need wisdom like never before because it's a total different world than when we raised our kids. So would you stand and start moving towards these families that are standing and pray for them? We're gonna take a few moments to do this. So come on, all you old timers get with the program, move towards these families, okay? And as you're doing that, I'm gonna be praying up here. So we don't, I don't know if there's enough to go around to pray for us, but I'm gonna pray for us, okay, while they're doing this. Lord Jesus, Lord, I want to lift up these families to you with kids. God, that you would give these parents wisdom beyond their days, beyond their understanding, Lord, and how to raise a family in this time, in this season. Lord, with all the things that are taking place and all the transitions that are going on, God, that you would do something powerful with these parents, Lord, and that they would rely on you, they would count on you, God, for wisdom daily to answer the questions of their children and how to lead them, how to challenge them, how, the, how to help them become godly people themselves. So Lord, give them the energy they need. Give them the love that they need, the patience they need. Give them the wisdom they need. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray that you would do this in each and every one of these hearts. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for all of us right now. God, that we, we would make it our quest to bury ourselves in your word and find your wisdom so that we would be wise, that we would be understanding of the times that we're living in and we'd make good choices in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.